Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Today, we look forward to speaking with Dr. Ria Ganguly. Ria is well known at Edmonton Global, having just served as our Vice President of Strategy and Innovation. She's just accepted an exciting new job as the University of, of Alberta's first ever Associate Vice President Enterprise. Ria, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, um, thank you guys so much for having me as part of this podcast. I have to say I've been listening uh, quite a bit in the last little while and you've had some phenomenal guests And I really think it's an example of how great our region really is and just the number of impressive and exciting opportunities that are available for the Edmonton region. So thank you for having this podcast and thank you for having me a part of this podcast. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, So a little bit about myself. I'm going to use this from the lens of a of a graduate student who's, um, you know, a bench scientist. And that that's what I was. I was a I was a uh, bench scientist. I started my, my career uh, really with an interest in genetics and moved that into uh, what's called physiology, which is a study of how the human body works. And I was curious about, you know, molecular mechanisms associated with cardiovascular disease and uh, was strictly interested in how fats impacted cardiovascular disease um, with a stronger focus on the heart itself as an organ. And so what I wanted to do, um, you know, going into my um, my PhD, uh, into my PhD and now, you know, uh, sort of completing my PhD is understand how different kinds of fats uh, impacted the heart. And what came out of my PhD, which is kind of interesting, is uh, different kinds of trans fats actually had a differential impact on the heart. So if you looked at uh, trans fats that came out of really yummy foods like your muffins and pastries, uh, that had a different kind of impact versus those that uh, you would see in milk or or different kinds of products. So milk or cheese that had a different impact on the heart. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I'm assuming that like so the muffins were worse for you than the milk or is it hopefully the other way around? Or? <laughs> It's a great question. Uh, so yeah, it had a slightly more detrimental impact on the car- on on the cardiovascular uh, on cardiomyocytes, which are um, the heart cells, the the primary uh, cell within the heart. So it, it has a great of a, had a worse impact on the heart cell than the uh, than the um, trans fats that came out of. Um, uh, milk-based products. So I was really interested in, so that I thought was a really interesting finding that came out of some of the work that we did. Um, then I, you know, about third, about into my third year of my PhD, I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to continue to be a bench scientist. I was really interested in talking. I love to talk. Um, and I really liked, uh, to connect with people. And so I thought, how do I 
take this love of science that I have and connect it to people. And that's when I found the world of tech transfer. And so that's how my career started. I started working universities, supporting IP management, uh, commercialization of research, uh, and then started to move that into strategic partnerships for universities with industry partners. And I'm happy to go into that in some detail. Uh, what I started to think about uh, in my last position with UBC, uh, where I was supporting strategic partnerships into the university is, you know, I love university, but I really love the Edmonton region. Could I use that same experience of connecting industry to university um, in the same way that I could uh, the Edmonton region. And that's what got me connected to Edmonton Global. Um, and I took that love of, of connection uh, to Edmonton Global. And, and as, as you said, uh, most recently served as VP of strategic partnerships with that lens. So Sherry and I love the Edmonton region too. So what it is, what is it about the Edmonton region that uh, brought you back from BC? What do you like about this area? So, I, you know, to be honest with you, the thing I think that doesn't get talked about enough is uh, the community here. It's a community of innovators. It's a community of people that are excited and welcoming and wanting people to succeed. And when you look at larger jurisdictions, you know, you have perhaps pockets of that, but not in that sort of larger, broader community context. So the number one reason I think people come back to the Edmonton region, in my opinion, is to get reconnected with great people. Um, it's so obvious based on the guests that you've had in your podcasts and other and other places, you know, as I've kind of gone through the Edmonton region, that this is a great place for connection. And it's also a great place for diversity, often unknown, but there's a number of diverse individuals who come into the, the Edmonton region. And the last thing for me, it's a place of the possible. Anything is possible here and people can do great things. Um, and you get this sort of big city context. So you, you have all the advantages of a big city, but you have this sort of small town, sort of small city vibe to it too. And I think that's so cool and so fun. Um, and I think more people need to be connected to that. So for me, I, I, I'm really excited. And I love the Edmonton region. Um, you know, there's other pieces here that obviously are, are to our advantage. We have um, affordability, you have a great quality of life here. Um, if you look at, you know, the average house cost in uh, Edmonton, it's, it's quite a bit uh, lower than what you would see in other jurisdictions. In fact, I think we were named one of the most affordable municipalities yep, um, yep, in Canada. Anywhere. Yeah, so lots of really great advantages here. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a lot of sort of those more qualitative things that uh, surround economic development and investment attraction, right? It's not just the assets that exist here, but it's the personality of a place and the quality of living that are really valuable things to help us attract people into a region. Uh, and, and you have a super interesting background, you know, talking about being a bench scientist and then moving into economic development. Can you talk a little bit about um, your expectations when you started with Edmonton Global and how, how like, how, how realistic was kind of what you expected the role to be as opposed to what it was when you got here? Yeah, so I think, you know, came in, I was really interested in that investment attraction component of it. And I got to play in that space a little bit, which is fantastic. But we, of course, have dedicated resources on staff, those that are uh, very specific in, in sectors that help to connect industry and, and sort of the world at large to Edmonton Global. What I got to do working with great people like uh, Brianna is be our home team. I got to learn about the region, which was even more exciting for me. Um, I got a chance to connect in with our 14 municipalities and I've done a lot of really interesting things. Everything from going out to Stony Plain and, and eating kick-ass caramels, which are fantastic by the <laughs> way, definitely worth a try. Um, all the way out to, you know, being able to be connected to, um, you know, uh, great spaces like the Enjoy Center in St. Albert. And of course, uh, into August, I'll be going to Heritage Festival to, in Edmonton. And what that taught me very quickly is being 
regional is so important when we're looking at an international context. Um, if we can demonstrate these assets, and I'm just talking about experience against being more qualitative because there are a lot of great quantitative information out there. But on that qualitative side, when you can take in a number of these assets and you have a, a, a single point of contact to do so, I think that's really beneficial when you're either an investor looking at a jurisdiction or whether or not you're a sort of maybe uh, just interested in moving here because you're thinking, hey, this is a place I, I, I want to learn more about. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you, Ria, about, I know that at, during your time with Edmonton Global, you went to a site selector conference and you I, taught, you heard some things about regionalism there. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about what you heard. Yeah, so I got to attend the economics conference uh, that happened in November of last year. And uh, while I was there, I met with a number of site selectors and they actually had a, a large panel come in on, on stage at the at the main conference. And I was so excited to hear this. So I'm really excited to share it with you. And they stated that the single biggest innovation in the economic development space are regional economic development agencies. And the reason is, is because for site selectors that are getting connected to a variety of different municipalities and jurisdictions at any given point in time, it's very hard for them to understand that full picture, right? Especially when you're just a single jurisdiction and, and depending on your size, you may only have a, a, a single sort of set of assets that they can demonstrate. When you have this regional approach, you have the ability now to be connected to a number of assets. Um, and you can sort of not only, and I also think it allows for, for expansion, right? So maybe you start in one place and you say, hey, if I'm looking to expand, I have a couple of options now to do so. And I know what those assets look like in advance. And I think that's helpful for a company looking to make a final investment decision uh, into a region. So your background as a bench scientist is in the life sciences. Um, can we talk a bit about um, the role um, of the Edmonton region in, in life sciences uh, and, and uh, like what that ecosystem looks like here? Yeah, so I am very passionate about this uh, because I think there is a huge opportunity for the health and life sciences here within the Edmonton region. A number of really great companies that are spinning out of our universities, everything from the Gnostics up to Drug Bank. Uh, there's huge opportunity in terms of the companies um, that are coming out of not only universities, but other jurisdictions and other uh, areas as well. I, I pick on universities because I think when um, I've heard from investors that are looking to connect into the Edmonton region, their number one consideration is access to talent. And we have that. 130,000 post-secondary students, uh, eight post-secondary institutions. That is huge. And when we're looking at the health and life sciences, we have advanced opportunities in um, universities, including institutes like the Alberta Diabetes Institute and the Lee Cashing Institute for Virology. Not to mention the fact that we do have a Nobel laureate who sits in the Faculty of Medicine and, and Michael Houghton. So what a fantastic opportunity to be connected immediately to the great innovation that's coming out of the universities. Um, so I think there's a, that's a huge area, I think, of interest when an investor's thinking, hey, should I be connected here? But I also think clusters are another area of consideration for investors as they're looking to connect into um, particularly in the health and life sciences. This is a risky endeavor to get into those spaces. I mean, it takes about a billion dollars to bring a drug to market. Um, so you imagine that, you know, having a connection into other types of uh, IP or companies or things like that, I help investors when they're thinking, okay, should I be, should I be connecting into this space? Because I think there needs to be a number of opportunities that are going to resonate for me. Um, you know, when I think about other jurisdictions who have done this well, I think about Med City, um, which is located in uh, in London in the UK. 
And that's a cluster organization that's world leading in health and life sciences. And it, what it's doing is it's centering and creating a focus for companies looking to invest within the region to say, hey, there's a number of other companies here that could be interesting for you. So I think having those kinds of organizations that are set up you know, within the region currently um, or even having additional focus to that, I think that helps to bring investment into the region. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Dr. Houghton and London in particular. We had him on a live stream that we did at one point, um, Edmonton Global Social Media Channels, and he actually compared what was happening, what he was seeing happening here with what he was involved in in California and in London. And uh, my favorite quote probably from him was that it's time to catch the Edmonton's biotech wave, is what he said, <laughs> which was, was which was just amazing. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your new role at University of Alberta and what you'll be doing there? Yeah, so at, at the University of Alberta, I'll be leading a new office called the Strategic Partnerships Office. So, uh, you know, what I alluded to at the beginning of my uh, background is I have mostly worked in IP management for universities. But as that, you know, has started, started to broaden out at UBC, I was really focused in as being a single point of contact for partners looking to connect into the university. So universities have a number of opportunities associated with them, everything from talent to, you know, being able to get connected to IP, to being connected uh, to facilities, to being connected to all kinds of other interesting things, things that, you know, are com the art of the possible, as I talked about earlier with the Edmonton region, that's also possible within universities. And so what we want to do is we want to create that, that point of contact system for partners looking to connect to the university to a number of these opportunities. Um, and I think that's uh, a primary purpose for this uh, particular role, especially as we start to build out that office. Um, we know there's a number of great things that are happening at the university. I would say also for the Edmonton region as a whole, what we need to do a better job of is telling that really great story. And so what we want to do, you know, either uh, the Edmonton region as a whole, one of the things I want to continue to do is tell that really great story um, and get people connected to it, because I think that just brings opportunity for us. Uh, and Ria, at the very beginning, you mentioned tech transfer. So how does that fit within like IP policy? Or can you just explain that term a little bit to our listeners? Mm. Yeah, that's really great. So technology transfer. So technology transfer offices are relatively new offices and they come out of uh, some of the work that happened in the United States and into the 80s. And what it did is it allowed universities to, to actually create their own intellectual property and license that intellectual property to companies that were looking to be connected to it. And so uh, these tech transfer offices have now broadened out their mandate in some cases where they're starting to, it's not just IP that you're interested, you're also interested in other things with the university. So how do we make that happen? So that's one. But traditionally technology transfer is really focused in on intellectual property management, intellectual property management. So patenting and, uh, and protecting intellectual property so that you could uh, potentially connect that to an external investor or somebody who's looking to uh, participate in that. And that protection allows you to have things like licensing revenue. I'm curious, Ria, with this being a brand new position at the University of Alberta, could you speak about what you're hoping to accomplish maybe in the first five years that you're doing this role? Yeah, the, the, I think for me, it would be really great to um, support, I think, what I'm currently doing at Edmonton Global, as well as what I'd love to do at the university, which is have people get connected to the university, the talent that's coming out of the university, uh, the uh, great research that's happening at the university that I honestly think is just world class. I had the opportunity to work at U, U of A uh, the last time I was in Edmonton, and I just, I know how great that research is. Um, and so I think having people connect into that 
uh, as those individuals are looking to be connected to the university, there often is this opportunity for them to also get connected to the Edmonton re region at large and perhaps even start to set up offices within the Edmonton region. And so that would be this really great opportunity, I think, as we look to broaden out relationships. So I'd love to see more relationships happen with the university. Um, but I also would love to see the university support economic development, which I know um, there's a lot of really great models that do that in other jurisdictions. I think there's a great opportunity to continue to do that because I know U of A is certainly doing that now, um, but I think there's an opportunity to continue to do that. And I'd love to see more of that um, into the first five years. I love that. That sounds like win-win to me. Absolutely. Rhea, we've been talking a lot about universe, University of Alberta, which makes sense because, you know, that's that's where you work now. <laughs> uh, but what about some of the other post-secondary institutions uh, in a region like Polytechnics? What role do you think that they play in economic development? They play a big role in economic development. I think, you know, that that. And we hear it over and over again coming out of investors that are looking to connect into the talent is the number one piece they're interested in. And so the universities have that talent, that specialized talent, and it doesn't have to come just out of the universities. Places like Nate have great technical talent that can often support uh, a lot of the needs of investors. So I'd say this is a definitely all hands on deck game where all of us need to be you know, potentially connected to these opportunities to say, what is it that the investor is looking for? And how does the talent that comes out of the post-secondaries or polytechnics support their needs? But it doesn't just have to be that. There's facilities as well that happen in these various campuses that I think um, investors need to be more aware of because it does help to support their final investment decisions. A good example of that is we talk about the life sciences is access to lab space. We hear that again over and over. You know, if you're a life sciences company, you need connection to lab space. How do we do that? Universities do have access to that. So how do we, or post-secondaries at large and polytechnics. So how do we then get them, them connected to some of these great facilities? Um, but also remember, there are a number of faculty members that have great specialized knowledge, expert knowledge that can often really support a company as they're looking to expand. So I would also um, really want uh, the investors to think about that a little bit more. Like how do you get connected to the, um, the faculty members that have incredible knowledge? And again, they don't live in just one institution they live across the spectrum of eight post-secondary institutions here so we've got a, a huge access to a number of these big opportunities yeah that's uh, i mean what nate is doing with in their industry solutions in particular is really amazing an amazing asset that you know industry can take advantage of um we've really enjoyed the conversation was there anything ria that we didn't ask you that you'd like to share with our listeners I would say I think there's two things I would love the listeners, maybe if they're they kind of connected to the background a little bit. And then also just in terms of economic development at large is number one, if you're a graduate student that's thinking, hey, I just have to go into a very specific field, um, you don't have to. Um, I think one of the things I learned throughout my journey is that there's a number of um, transferable skill sets that come out of your graduate studies that can help you do anything that you're looking to do. I always argue that uh, PhDs are great business development managers. They really are. Uh, they're great at talking about the things they're, that they're doing and they're great at defending the things that they're doing. And I think that's a, it's an important component uh, as you look towards uh, business development at large. So those that are graduate students that happen to be listening to this and very passionate about this, I think, think about the things you can do and the transferable skill sets that you're acquiring through the course of your graduate studies. It's quite powerful and I think can support a number of industries industries. Um, like Zach, I have a PhD and an MBA, and I think that was also very supportive uh, of my career to date as I thought about, okay, how do I take these 
things I'm learning, these technical skills that, and technical and soft skills that I'm learning through the course of my graduate degree, pair that up with some business knowledge. And I think that's helped me quite a bit as I've you know, gone through the course of my uh, career. So that's one I would definitely be a you know, big fan of. I, I love hope that. listeners would, would take that away. Um, the second one is if you're thinking about economic development and a career in economic development, do it. Um, this is such a great, and especially if you're doing it in a jurisdiction that you love. Um, I think there's huge opportunity working with uh, agencies and organizations like Edmonton Global. Um, obviously, I'm, I, I'm, I love Edmonton Global. You guys, we have a fantastic <laughs> team. Um, and so I think there's, but I also think in general, economic development is a great opportunity to be connected to the different org, uh, different companies that are within uh, your region, different organizations within your region. Um, and I just think it's a tremendous opportunity. If you're thinking about what next, um, I'd say, and you're, and you're maybe considering economic development, do it. It's a, it's a great career path. Thanks, Rhea. And how can listeners get a hold of you in your new role? Yeah, so you can look me up. Uh, if you type in uh, my name, Rhea Ganguly, and you, Alberta, my email pops up. So please do get connected to me if you're interested in the things that uh, I'm talking about or interested to learning more about what's happening at the university in, in general. We're happy to help. Um, and I'd, I'd love to connect with you. So please do. Thank you. Well, Rhea, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you at Edmonton Global. Uh, we will miss you very much, but we're really excited to see what you do for the region uh, in your new role. And we wish you only the very best. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, Thanks, Rhea. Working uh, with Rhea was fantastic. I'm going to miss her. I'm really glad she did this interview. Uh, she had so much to contribute to the organization, but one thing that will stand out to me is her passion for the life sciences. Uh, and until I started working at Edmonton Global and, and getting to know Rhea and hearing her talk about it, I actually, like, I didn't realize the role of life sciences in the Alberta economy. I didn't realize, you know, there's a significant presence here that we can build and grow upon. Um, so that was something that was really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing about a lot of things that I've learned since working at Edmonton Global. I didn't know our strength in AI. I didn't know our strength in life sciences. Yeah. Um, these, these, were, these were all new to me. And um, super important that we, like, more people become aware of these things so that we can, you know, share that information with the global investment community. Absolutely. Uh, we just need to do more digging, I guess, in your own jurisdictions. And I think that's a, a key role that economic development agencies can play is saying, look, there's quality jobs in this and this and this and um, showing more grads and university students, uh, you know, what the career opportunities are that are out there. Um, and I, I, I really like what you were saying about post-secondary institutions. They're a lot more than just um, you know, facil- uh, institutions that give out degrees and a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. They are, to our point, they're creating innovation, their own IP and technologies that can be commercialized. There's expert knowledge within those uh, universities, those polytechnics and, and colleges, uh, and they have labs and facilities. They're, they're a tremendous asset beyond just an institution that um, t- pumps out talent, which is still very, very important too. And as she's noted, um, you know, a key factor for investors. Yeah, and the other thing she pointed out that beyond assets like universities, there's other assets that maybe we don't pay as much attention to. Quality of life, affordable living, uh, all those things. I think one of the things I'm going to miss most about Rhea is she's just such a great cheerleader for our region and such a great advocate for Edmonton Global. Absolutely. She's gracious and passionate and super, super smart and she'll be missed. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. 
follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about economic development matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off.